0: Last week, South Korea's first vice foreign minister, Chae Chong un headed to Washington for a trilateral meeting with his counterparts in the U.S. Deputy Secretary of State, Wendy Sherman, and Japanese Vice Minister for Foreign Affairs, Takeo Mori. Among the agenda items top of mind was the Korean Peninsula peace process and a declaration to officially end the Korean War. Let's go ahead and unpack this. Joining us on the line is Professor Kim Byung Jew of Hankuk University of Foreign Studies joining us this morning. Good morning, Professor Kim.
1: Good morning. Good to be here.
0: Good to have you. So it seems there has been plenty of back and forth around uh, related countries in recent weeks on this war-ending declaration, Professor Kim, officials zipping from this country to there. But first, before we get into it, could you explain for us the significance of the end-of-war declaration?
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of people who watch Korean affairs, uh, you know, the non-experts often get confused because they believe Korean War was over 70 years ago and, uh, you know, this expression end of the war, uh, what does that mean? Actually, officially speaking, the Korean War did not uh, officially fully end in 1953 and the document that was signed was uh, armistice, so there was pausing of the war and there was not completely terminating of the war uh, which requires a lot more complicated negotiation uh, the the armistice negotiation itself uh, went on for for a long long time so uh, at that time at the end kind of stopped the the action of war itself was uh, very urgent and that's what uh, the countries involved focused uh, also uh, we forget, often forget, even though um, all the Koreans remember this. Isung uh, Man government uh, strongly opposed the ending of the war uh, because, from the perspective of South Korea, this part of the country was invaded by the North, and, and and after the invasion, South Korea was really determined to fight until the end, until the full unification. So Isung Man uh vehemently opposed the idea of ending the war after all the casualties, all the sacrifices. Uh, he carried out a very strong, uh, he set up a very firm, uh position. He's against the idea of uh, officially ending the war. And so it was United States, North Korea and China, uh, three parties that signed the armistice. So... Uh, often growing up, uh, I was wondering why South Korea was never part of this deal, and and why the uh, United States uh, signed this document on uh, without South Korea's present presence. I, I often wondered about it, but uh, now um, myself and others uh, fully understand better as we look at the overall landscape of the of the how the documents was signed. So um, I, I guess uh, making the story very short, uh, the end of the end-of-the-war declaration, declaration means actually uh, officially ending the war, saying that Korean War has permanently and uh, fully ended. And uh, that's that's what uh, you know. people who support the idea has been working on uh, for quite some time.
0: Okay, so this end-of-war declaration would, in essence, replace the armistice that has kept the Korean War uh, frozen. Um, so why does the Moon Jae-in government want it badly? I mean, it seems... To make sense, given that we are not exactly in war, that we would have this document, but are there mm-hmm. other implications in real life?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the you know parties other than Moon government, maybe conservatives here in Korea, uh, do not want this declaration, and the reason why um, the Moon government wants is this current government uh, wants to make a progress in terms of. Uh, Uh, peaceful uh, progress in in terms of inter-Korean relations here. And for that, uh, this current government believes this is an important step because North Korea developed the nuclear weapons. And uh, in order to see denuclearization, we need uh, to have discussion continue uh, with North Korea. And for that, uh, we need a starting point or important gesture saying that Uh, this peninsula is no longer in the status of ongoing war, and therefore we should take steps towards uh, peaceful uh, management of the situation, including denuclearization. So from the perspective of a Moon government, declaring that Korean war is over is a very important step. When, When the two Koreas are in the status of fighting a war, it is difficult to persuade North Korea to give up their weapons including nuclear weapons uh, that's the idea and it's a starting point of peaceful cooperative interaction uh, between the two countries and also a uh, clear signal that tension in the Korean Peninsula has been reduced uh, moving away from the status of war into status of peace therefore anything is negotiable on the table and let's talk about it anything including the nuclearization that's the overall idea of moon government and also plus on top of it in this time of uh, political campaign uh critics of moon government have been arguing that moon government is pushing for this action because he wants to leave with a uh, uh, important legacy in his record and legacy that he wants is that he has taken a very important step symbolic or substantive that's a separate question but but he has done something very important in the record. Uh, That's the desire behind it. That's what Moon's uh, critics are arguing behind. With only a few months remaining on his watch, he's pushing uh, too hard on this uh, Mm -hmm. without really real meaning attached to it. That's Critics'
0: voice. I see. And some of the earlier points that you made about uh, this being a starting point for a greater framework toward achieving the ultimate goal of denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula are some points I believe that the uh, Vice Foreign Minister, Che Jong un also made uh, during the course of last week's meetings as well. Uh, So, Mm. what have the reaction been so far uh, from the U.S. and Japan on this issue? And, of course, critically, North Korea's reaction.
1: Right. Uh, I think the latest move that President Moon has made, visibly, officially, was his September speech in New York uh, at the United Nations General Assembly. And he called for uh, this uh, issue to be uh, advanced. Actually, this issue has been, uh, end-of-the-war declaration has been on table for years. Uh, 19 uh, the 2018 actually uh, uh, early on actually even before then uh, there's you know since the beginning of his presidency President Moon Jae-in has been pushing for it but the latest one was the September and uh, in reaction to his September UN speech Kim jong uh from Pyongyang sister of Kim Jong-un uh, has expressed her position that saying uh, this is uh, uh you know uh, she actually expressed a position of partially welcoming it. Uh, she welcomed it, but it was not fully welcoming it. But uh, the South Korean government saw it as, a, as an interesting door opening, and so North Korea has been a little bit doquam And uh, the, the way we see it, observers see it, is that North Korea wants this one, but they don't want to look hot, uh, desperate for this. And so, uh, if South it Korea on the topic, <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, if South Korea pushes hard, uh, that's good, but we're not going to be on the front lines. That looks like uh, Pyongyang's position. The United States has been uh, uh, very uh, careful about this because uh, there are other issues involved in with the declaration. Uh, the, mo- the the biggest concern that Washington' main line of power, foreign policymaking has been concerned about is that once the Korean War is declared to be over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives a leverage to Pyongyang to argue for withdrawal of US troops from right. South Korea and then uh, cessation of uh, joint military exercise. Pyongyang could argue the war is over. Why do you keep your troops here? Why do you do the joint exercise uh, with South Korean army? That has been biggest concern for Washington. And the Japan, mm-hmm. Japan wants North Korea's denuclearization mm-hmm. and they don't want Other kind of steps of other things taking time and then uh, full force uh, sanctions and pressure tactics, pressuring North Korea to give up nuclear weapons is what Japan wants.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, and it sounds like if we listen to uh, some of the ministers and vice ministers on the Moon government, that there has been progress uh, on this issue, at least with the US, the unification minister, uh, last Friday, saying that both sides are holding very serious deep consultations regarding the end of war declaration, and that to a certain extent, these discussions are entering a final stage. So in your view, you, um, What kind of chances does President Moon Jae-in have in accomplishing uh, this end-of-war declaration within his term, which is now uh, less than six months to go?
1: Right. Uh, the thing is, there have been mixed indications about what's going on at this point. Uh, on one hand, we've been getting signals. For instance, uh, last month, the National Security Advisor at the White House, Jake Sullivan, uh, saying that, uh, there could be certain differences uh, among nations and between uh, indicating between South Korea and United States regarding the sequence and the timing and condition uh, of uh, declaring the end of the war. Mm. Uh, that was taken last month uh, as a clear indication that, uh, White House is not on the same page, is not, uh, you know, watching along with South Korea on this on this important issue, uh, even though President Moon Jae-in pushed once again in New York uh, this September. By the way, he did it almost every year. He went to United Nations uh, General Assembly, but this is the last time he did it. And, and his last speech, he did it. So... Uh, But, uh, you know, last month, October, Jake Sullivan went out saying there are differences. So it was a clear indication that uh, Washington and solar are not coming along, taking same steps. But, however, uh, as you mentioned, uh, this month, Early this month, I think Jung Yong, uh, foreign uh, affairs minister here in South Korea, has uh, spoken at the National Assembly, indicating that the steps have been taken and it's getting closer to a uh, making a deal. Even though at the end of his statement, he said um, there are certain challenges remaining. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of reversing the, the negative prospect. And then Che jong number two of the minister of foreign affairs, flew to Washington and he had a meeting with a Japanese counterpart as well as the U.S. counterpart. And after that, Wendy Sherman, uh Chae Jong-un's counterpart in the United States, when she offered the media availability, uh, she said, you know, the, the progress has been made. The funny, interesting thing is, however, uh, she said it was end-of-war statement rather than end-of-war declaration. End-of-war declaration is the uh, the expression that Moon government has been using all along. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, Wendy Sherman said end-of-war Statement. Hmm. And so, what's the difference between the two? There has been uh, lots of speculation about what it could mean. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't think we know yet how things will turn out. Uh, there are different two different scenarios. that it's, It will be done soon, and then another one. Well, it's not going to get done within in on President Moon's watch. Uh, two scenarios have been. Uh, you know, always in parallel, and I don't think we have been out of that situation yet. The, the two possibilities are still there.
0: Right, and word choice of course matters a lot in this case. Uh, it's an interesting point you bring up uh, mm-hmm. Professor, about the end-of-war statement, which seems mm-hmm. a little bit perhaps less consequential than an right. end-of-war declaration. Certainly a lot of questions that still remain to be answered, including what are the implications of an end-of-war declaration? Would that mean that U.S. troops really have no more reason to stay on Mm -hmm. the Korean peninsula? Um, So a lot of eyes obviously watching this, including Japan's. Um, Now, a joint press conference was supposed to follow this trilateral meeting that we mentioned at the top of our segment uh, between or among South Korean, U.S. and Japanese foreign ministers. But it was abruptly canceled. And this was a pretty high headline in South Korea last week. The cancellation reportedly coming after Tokyo sternly protested a visit to Tokyo on Tuesday, the day before, by Korean National Police Agency's commissioner, uh, which, of course, Japan claims as its own and calls it Takeshima. So, um, obviously, there's a lot of uh, issues between Tokyo and Seoul that have still to be ironed Turned out. So, what does this tell us about the process ahead, not only between Korea and U.S., but also for cooperation with Japan in the big picture?
1: Yeah, process ahead in terms of trilateral cooperation and Seoul-Tokyo bilateral cooperation. The process requires attitude of leaving past behind us on on all, of, uh, on all parties. And uh, this was really unfortunate. And I, I have a firm conviction that that the head of the police, his visit to Tokyo was something that was not coordinated within the government, mm-hmm. whether it was a pre-schedule. And it had taken place in the past before as well. It is only unfortunate that, that the visit took place just one day before this uh, trilateral uh, the consultation and press conference. The timing was, was not best, um, optimal. But the thing is, uh, it's it's my as an observer of bilateral relationship. It's just my desire for both sides to leave past behind. For that, what that means is for Tokyo, uh, setting aside this territorial issue, uh, they're making this claim based on what they believe was uh, what the past was like, and uh, they are making this argument trying to apply it to the present, where South Korea actually occupies their territory, uh, claiming that this is South Korea's uh, territory. They're trying to attack present based on the past. Mm. And that attitude is not desirable at all. Mm -hmm. And, of course, South Korea has its own work to do. Uh, Many South Koreans, not all, but many South Koreans tend to emphasize past a lot in terms of in making a move forward with its relationship with Japan. And uh, I think we should apply same principle. What happened in the past is what happened. We'll do our best to, to amend or, or amend fences based on that, but we have to focus forward and we have to recognize what's important present. And if we share the same kind of attitude, I think we can make a progress. But it's only the radicals, extremists on both sides who are reminding us the past continuously while the other side in each country, people who want better relationship between the two countries move forward. So it's a It's a common principle if we accept together. I think we can make progress forward.
0: Mm, Future-facing discussions toward future solutions. All right, right. Thank you so much. We'll have to leave it there, Professor Kim. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you very much.